Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's guest is Katarina Macario, who plays for French multiple champions Lyon and the US national team. Macario was born in Brazil, but moved with her family to the USA when she was young and therefore had the opportunity to choose what national team she wanted to represent. In this episode of Their Pitch, she shares the story behind coming to America, why she opted to play for the USA instead of Brazil, and why she looks at herself as a hybrid between a number 9 and a number 10 out on the pitch. Macario also reveals why she chose to go to Europe to play football and why Lyon was the place to go. You are listening to Their Pitch and this is the Katarina Macario episode. Katarina Macario, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for, for wanting to be on this. I feel like I gave you a proper American pronunciation of your full name. Yeah, that was very good. That was very good. But I but I want to hear like the real authentic way to pronounce it. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, if if it's like my parents speaking, you know, full on Portuguese, you know, everything, it would be... Katarina Cantanegi Melonio Macario. That's like my full name. So, yes. But you can just say Katarina Macario. So, yeah. Katarina Macario. That f- the, the the middle part. Can you do that again? Because I let me try. But <laughs> yes, take it yes, slow. Sorry. Take it slow. Too many names. I apologize. Okay. Katarina. Katarina. Yeah. Cantanegi. Cantanegi. Mm-hmm. Very good. Nice. Um, Melonio, Melonio, Macario, Macario. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, go quick. Come on. Let's see. If- <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I I can't do it quick. Are you? It's wait. Okay. No, 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 we're problem. not going to put you on the spot. Go All on. right. I'm. I did my. I'm sorry. I did my best. And. Uh, I did tell you this before. We do have a quote from somebody that knows you very well. Mia's going to play that for you, and you're going to have to guess who it is, and then I'm going to maybe ask some questions. All right. And you need to listen to the full quote before answering, even if you do know who it is before. So here we go. Hey, Burraco. ¿Cómo estás? I heard you're in the program today, so yeah. Uh... Where can I start? I feel uh, people have to know many things about you. Maybe they don't know yet. Um, for me, I think I got to know you quite a bit since we arrived the same time in, here in Lyon. It's quite a big uh, coincidence, but really cool at the same time. I feel everyone knows uh, how you can be as a player. Nothing new to discover here. 
But yeah, as a person, I also really appreciate uh, whatever we created until now. It's been really cool, and hopefully, we have plenty of more years to sharing uh, games together, titles together. Uh, the best is yet to come, I think. And Borraco, uh, everyone can know that uh, she speaks great Spanish. Uh, every day it's getting better and better. Uh, she still didn't try my pay. Yeah, that's quite sad for her, but I'll try my best for next time, one of the days off, that she can try my pay. Yeah. And I would like for you to answer this question why you're always late everywhere. No matter where we are, you're always late. I think people need to know this. Okay, well, obviously, Buraco is the ma. Um, and yeah, I mean, why am I always late? <laughs> you were on time for this though yeah see i was trying i was trying to be my best you know i understand um europeans depending like what country they're from they like to be on time so i try to respect that but the reason why i'm always late is because i feel like that's kind of like a brazilian thing that's how i grew up um that's kind of like if they say oh you know show up at two, you know, you kind of go at like two thirty, three, you know, things like that. Um, and yeah, it just, unfortunately, obviously I'm not like that for practices and meetings most of the time, like 99%. Uh, that's, I'd say that, you know, I'm on time, but yeah, when it comes to like, if I'm ever going to like a dinner out or something, Demma knows this, like with the girls, uh, I literally like, they know that I'll show up 30 minutes late just because it's like, it's not that serious, you know, like I have to get ready. I have to prep my hair, you know, make sure that it's looking good. My curls. Um, yeah, it is just, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's no time. It's just a construct, you know? So it is what it is. Makes you whatever f- makes you, you know, no rush. Just peace and peace. And peace. I, I, I can, uh, I can recognize that because my parents are from the Middle East. And my mom always tells the story when I was a kid and I wanted to sleep in, I'd say, Hey, can I get five more minutes? And she'd go, yes. And I would look at her and I would say, no, no, your five minutes, which would be like half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like she was never on time and it was always like five minutes and an, an hour passed. <laughs> I definitely feel like it depends on what country you're from. Um, and, you know, like how you grew up. I know, like, for example, Brune, she's from Denmark. And, like she stresses out if it's like five minutes before um we're supposed to be there for dinner with the girl she's like oh my god like we can't be late and i was like bro it's okay chill dude <laughs> like if this is between us you know like there's no rush like, i feel like it just kind of depends um yeah where you're from but it's cool it's good cool to like know all the differences and like whatnot so yeah. it, it reminds me of the the uh the tiktok trend that's like that's filming when you tell your friends to be here at seven and then it films like this one's here at 701 this one's here at 730 this one's here at nine o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. They know they usually like they need to say like maybe like 30 minutes before if they want me to show up at seven, they need to say like, okay, 630 reservation. So I'll be there around seven, you know. <laughs> so they've learned your tricks by now. They've learned. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Indeed. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Chat, we're, we're here to talk a lot about, you know, you, you growing up and your career within, you know, football and coming to Europe and playing and all and everything surrounding that. But let's start it like you're, you're like you growing up because you grew up in, in Brazil, right? Yes, correct. I was born there, moved to the United States when I was 12. How was it? You know, because I think I read somewhere that you only played with boys up until the point that you moved to the U.S. How was it? Because for, for, for us in Europe, at least, you know, Brazil is this big, I think for everyone, it's kind of a country that you connect with football. It's, you know, it's it's football and it's Brazil. How is it to grow up as a kid in a country that revolves around the sport that you love? Yeah, no, it was it was really, really fun. Um, you know, ever from a young age, I remember having the ball at my feet, you know, like um, I'd go to practices to watch my brother. Literally everybody played football i don't think there was really any other sports um but yeah it was uh, it was really really fun you know just being able to play you know like on the streets on the like at the beach or whatever it may be like you just kind of just create you know a game out of nowhere like whether it's like with your shoes a, like you know bricks uh whatever literally whatever it is um was super fun um but yeah unfortunately you know it's not the case for girls. Like once you, once you start to want to, you know, like make it more competitive, uh, play more competitively. And, you know, like obviously there is no, at least at that time, there was no youth system that could take me, you know, like through teams and kind of like developed the, the talent that, you know, my parents believed in that I had. Um, and so that's how I, I played, that's why we, we had no other choice but to play with boys. And either way, I'm very, very grateful for this, for that opportunity because, you know, I definitely think that it made me better as a player. Um, definitely created more resilience in me, like as a person as well. Um, you know, just being the only girl, um, is never easy, but you know that at the end of the day, you know, like, if you can play, you can play, you know, so the fact that, you know, like being good, um, you know, just being able to play and, you know, like hang with them, if that makes sense, um, kind of like earned my right on the, on the field. Um, and yeah, no, it was super fun, but obviously like it came to a point, you know, when I turned 12 that I would unfortunately not be able to play with them anymore because of a rule or something like that. Um, and you know, that was, I guess that was like one of the first times that I was like, wow, so this is how the world is, you know? And so, it was no longer just like a girl trying to have fun, you know, like playing with the boys and things like that. It was just, uh, this is the reality. I either stop playing football or together. I have to chase my dream somewhere else in another country, which is not even to say like, Oh, here you have to go to necessarily like another city or anything like that. It was like a whole other country, you know, which is like crazy. Um, so yeah, I was just, I was, I'm very grateful to my parents, even to this day. I mean, of course, parents do everything for you, but you know, just the fact that they were able to, 
you know, see this talent even from the very beginning at an early age, um, which by the way, I never, I, I like, obviously like your parents will always give you that type of love and support, but you know, like you kind of never really believe them just cause you're, they're your parents. But the fact that they were willing, you know, to make so many sacrifices and move my family to the United States, mainly for me to be able to continue my dream. And obviously, you know, like, there was a whole education aspect as well for me and my brother that they wanted to give us a better life, better safety. So it just made sense that at the end of the day, this was something that we needed to pursue. So yeah, it was a, um, it was very fun growing up in Brazil, but unfortunate in, in some ways as well. Do you think that, that, that kind of hinders like the system that, that is in Brazil? Do you think that hinders a lot of, you know, maybe younger talents possibly coming up and becoming professional football players? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's not everybody that has the privilege, you know, to be able to afford such a move to a different country, you know, and also, you know, I think it really depends on the type of family that you have, you know, it's even like, no matter what country you come from, you know, you have some supportive parents that want you to play a certain sport, you, you have some that are not. Um, and especially, you know, considering that in Brazil, it's mainly boys that play. Uh, football, then yeah, like you probably see a lot of, a lot of parents telling girls that like, Hey, you shouldn't be playing this. It's for boys, you know? And so if you already have that kind of obstacle, like with your family and also have the system that is not really made for you, then yeah, of course you, you end up missing on so many potential talents, you know? Um, and I really, really applaud, you know, just all the all the women that are playing for Brazil right now, because I feel like they've had to go through a lot to make this happen. You, you know, like, um, you know, and you see the likes of Marta, Formiga, Cristiani, like things like that, um, that it's just like, wow, like how, how, like the things that they had to go through to get to the stage, you know, and um, you see even Marta now, like still playing and playing at the high level too. And so it just makes me like very, very happy, you know, for them, obviously, but, you know, like, no girl should have to, to, to go through that, you know, in order to be able to play the sport that she loves. And how was it for you then to adapt to a whole new country with a totally different culture than the one you're used to as a 12 year old? Yeah, that was pretty hard. It was pretty hard. Obviously, I didn't know any English when I came in. Um, definitely failed my first couple of quizzes in school, um, which was, which was kind of tough. Cause that was like something that I, I'd say that I was pretty good at before, but you know, like when I, when I moved, I was like, wow, like I have no idea what's going on. Um, and also, you know, like to make friends and things like that. Um, my brother, my 14 year old brother at the time was the only person out of our family that knew how to speak English. So he kind of had to, you know, just, he, he needed to buy a car, you know, and, and my dad was trying to like walk him through the things like, no, you have to make negotiations. It's not, it's not just like, okay, they said, this is the price, yada, yada, like, and then, you know, like pay this. And he's like, no, 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 this is not how this works. So it was just kind of a lot of um, patience required, I think, from all of us. Um, you know, I, I'd say definitely required us to grow up a little bit faster um, considering that, you know, like we had to just, I guess, be there for our family in different ways. Um, and, you know, like it, it definitely, 
it was something that created a lot of character early on, which I'm at the time was very, very hard, but it's something that I'm very grateful, grateful for now. Um, it, it has definitely built us into the people that we have become today. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely tough, but you know, at least I had soccer, you know, and I knew that I, at the end of the day, just how it was with the boys, I knew that if I knew how to play, that's, that's what gives me the right to play on the fields, you know, no matter what language I speak. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about, you know, playing a sport that's like, if you can play, you can play. And yeah, you, you always have a, you should always have a, a place on the field if you're, good and then you ended up going through the youth system with the national team in the u.s yes um i moved to well yeah so i moved to to san diego california um where i'm where i joined the san diego surf um which by the way i don't know if you guys have ever gone to san diego but it is the most beautiful city in the world i think uh you should definitely go there one time in your lives um but yeah, no, I, I joined the San Diego surf, had a lot, a lot of fun there. Um, and then, you know, like kind of doing a lot of games, showcases and things like that. One day, Joel Ellis, um, you know, was cruising through the fields, um, probably San Diego surf. I mean, at the polo fields to listeners that may know what that is, like surf cup, yada, yada. Um, but yeah, and then she was able, you know, she saw me and I think she was able to recognize the potential that I had. So then she she invited me out to a to a U15 camp. Um I think, you know, like I think I was still like 13 at that time. Um and yeah, just came out, was very very nervous obviously cuz I was like, whoa, like this is going to be this is like the the biggest thing ever, you know, like playing for the even even though it was a still youth national team, but I was like, wow, this is what I've always wanted, you know, like my whole life. Um and I knew that it was kind of like my first test, you know, like being able to showcase to the national team and specifically Joe Ellis as well, you know, who's like has been so influential in the development of women's soccer in, in the U.S. Uh, and the U system. But um, yeah, so super nervous, but thankfully um, I did, I did well. Um, and, you know, like she got me in contact with all the right people in order to, you know, kind of go through the steps of um, getting my green card and everything. And, you know, just uh, obviously he became you know, fast forward five years later, my citizenship, like so many other things, but yeah, definitely own a lot to Joe Ellis, BJ Snow for, you know, since the beginning they were there and uh, they saw the potential in me and yeah, they, they were, they were the ones that re- really helped within the uh, U.S. Soccer Federation to make this happen. How, how is your contact with Jill Ellis today? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like once in a while we'll message. Um, I saw her most recently at, she, she was at the Champions League final, the women's Champions League final, um, in Turin, um, which was nice. And she, and it was cool, you know, like my, my whole family was there, my brother, my dad, and my mom. And obviously we had not seen each other in so long, like literally since I was like, 
16, I think. <laughs> Since like literally one of like the, that very first, like some of the first camps that I had, the youth camps, because obviously she went on to coach the, the national team. Um, so we never really crossed paths for in like had, it had been a while, but you know, would always text, you know, and she's like, Hey, how's your citizenship going? You know, trying to go through that. And like, obviously when I got, when I got my citizenship, she was, she was, uh, just very, you know, just like we obviously had a moment, you know, just thanked her for everything. And yeah, but it was cool to see her, you know, kind of come full circle and, um, you know, meet her at the, at the champions league because it was definitely, uh, yeah, like I said, we're not, we're not have been able to get my citizenship without her. And yeah, it was just cool to be able to experience that moment with her. Has she tried to lure you back to San Diego? She knows that when the time is right, I'll come back. So yeah, I think no, no, they're obviously like San Diego is my home. So, you know, like if, if, if I go there, I'll probably train with them or something like that. But yeah, I'd say, uh, we'll see to, to make that permanent move. I think you, it will in a couple of years. We'll see. But you did, um, let's just circle back to the national team. You did, you, you, you could choose between Brazil and, and the U S you went with the U S how, how come? Yeah, no, I just, I, I just chose to go for the U S because like I said, I felt like Brazil was not giving enough support for women and women's football. And, you know, I, I knew this was not something that I wanted to stand for. And, you know, given that it, it didn't give any value to the sport that I love to me, period, you know, and the so many women that were in my shoes and had come before me as well, that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of something that would give me all the opportunity, you know, um, to chase the, my dreams, you know, and yeah, no, like, like I said, um, you know, definitely had to make a, a decision between, you know, like U.S. versus Brazil, but it kind of just made sense considering that Brazil did not support me or women's football, you know, at least like at that, that time and age. Um, and yeah, I mean, like even when I arrived to the U.S., you know, despite not knowing any English, she was still, you know, it is the known as the land of opportunity for a reason, you know, it's like you're, you're able to, it kind of receive you, you know, like with open arms. And I feel like it was a, a, it was the right thing for me to do, obviously, you know, to represent this country that, you know, kind of loved me from the beginning and loved the, you know, like me for me and the sport that I love. And yeah, so it, it, it was an easy decision at the end of the day to represent the U.S. How, how was it to get your first uh, national team camp with, you know? With the with the U.S. Women's National Team, ah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I mean, obviously, to be able to play and share the field with, you know, so many players that I grew up watching was surreal. And like, even to this day, I feel like, you know, I I still can't believe that I get, you know, to just like sit next to, you know, Roosevelt, Megan Rapino, you know, Alex Morgan, names like those, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was the most, you know, just like the fact that my, one of my biggest dreams finally became real, which is, 
yeah, I, I, I honestly, even like, as you can tell, I'm so speechless that this was able to, to happen. And, you know, it's just the fact that it all came from, you know, like my parents having this dream and supporting me and, you know, Joe Ellis randomly seeing me on a field one day and everything like that kind of all came to this. So it, yeah, a lot of little steps that kind of, you know, um, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of people that have come like along the way to, in order to help me make this happen. But yeah, now I just kind of try to take in the moment and kind of just play for, for them, for my family. And, you know, like for the, to inspire kind of like the generation that's to come and hopefully they will kind of push forward the, the women's game so that people won't have to go kind of like through the same hurdles that, you know, we once had to do. And and it seems like the U.S. Women's National Team is really like front runners when it comes to that aspect, you know, standing up for, for equal pay and, and rights for everyone. How is it to be part of, you know, that strong group knowing that you're all like at the same time as you're being professional footballers, you're actually also trying to make a difference in the world? Yeah, no, I mean, it's I mean, I feel like I am part of the most badass group in the world, <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, just the fact that they're able to be, you know, such strong leaders on and off the pitch, just, I think it really shows, you know, the power that you can have by utilizing your platform in order to try and create change for something better, you know, and for the next generation. Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Like it's, it's why we do what we do. And we know that, you know, in the women's game, there's so much to be done that, you know, it's, it's it's not just uh hey let's be grateful for what we have it's like yes let's be grateful but also we need to you know hold ourselves to the standards that we know that things need to be better and i think that's one of the things that i love the most and have the most am so proud about the national team that they're they're able to use their voices you know in order to promote change and you know just um really help elevate the level for everybody involved um, whether it's on or, on or off the pitch. How important do you think it is also to stand up for it? Because I know, you know, recently with the Canadian Federation and the players there going on a strike against their federation, you know, how important do you think it is for, for the U.S. Women's National Team as a collective to stand up for, for also other national teams that are fighting a battle against their their federations? Yeah, no, I think it's extremely important for sure. I mean... You know, I think it takes, it's not just a battle for one national team or the other national team. It's like, it's a battle for women, period. You know, that's like, we see this day in and day out that we have to, you know, you know, like fight against inequality. And it's like, it's something that we have already gone through, you know? And so it's, I think it's the least that we can do. It's kind of like, we need to support each other rather than try to, you know, kind of like separate ourselves um, just because we're one from one team or the other, you know? And so... Um, though I think it's extremely important, you know, it kind of raises even more awareness, you know, like we know that the U.S. national team is like, you know, obviously very, very popular. And so, you know, like I said, we've, we've fought this fight before. So I feel like it's great to help, you know, like other federations, anything that that we can do. And if it's, you know, whether it's like boycotting a game, whatever, or whatever it may be, that's like that's something that should be done and should be natural, you know? Yeah, for sure. And from one badass team to another, how come you ended up in Lyon? <laughs> uh, well, 
it's the best team in the world. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it was uh I was, you know, coming from Stanford, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to be in the most competitive environment that I could be. So yeah, obviously when the best team in the world comes knocking, like you obviously it was an easy answer to say yes, you know, it's like I I wanted to I wanted to play with Ada, Mel, I mean, Dee, like Wendy, all the players really, you know, like, so it's like, yeah, I know that these are the players that will make me, will make me better, you know, and to be able to learn from them is the, the utmost privilege, even to this day, you know, the fact that I can share a locker room with them, um, it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. And, you know, like, yeah, it just it just kind of became easy because I, I knew that every single day I would be getting the best of the best. I would be competing against the best of the best. So yeah, it was, that's how, that's how I ended up there. <laughs> well, we did speak about, you know, adapting from a different culture when going from Brazil to the U S how is it to adapt to a different way of playing football than the one you're probably used to? Yeah, no, it was definitely pretty tough. Um, I joined there in the beginning uh, January, 2021, yeah, January 2021, um, came in with Dama, obviously, um, as she mentioned on the, the quote. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know it was definitely tough. First six months were were very challenging, I'd say, you know, just, um, you know, obviously new country, new culture, new style of play, um, obviously going from College to the pros is very, very different. And not only that, but going to the best team in the world, you know, obviously, like, yeah, like, um, you're, you kind of are at the bottom of the pile, you know, if that makes sense. So definitely, you know, like, had to work really hard and, you know, um, kind of adapt to how Leon was used to playing. You know, obviously, they have a big possession based, um, style of play and you know like i'd say in the u.s is a bit more you know like you use more your athleticism if that makes sense um and so it was yeah i mean like the first six months were pretty tough but i feel like thankfully i was you know at the summer i was able to reset you know get fit you know kind of like talk with my my family, you know, kind of like my village, you know, my, my support and, you know, like, it's like, Hey, like this, obviously this is perfectly normal, you know, like, like, um, yeah. When you go to a new team you always have like a little bit of some tough times, but you know, eventually you, you'll get better at it. And you know, that the, my teammates are also very welcoming. They're, they're all like very, very wonderful and like received me with open arms even from the beginning so that was never an issue it was more like just me being able to kind of apply my talent and my hard work on the field and so yeah I mean I was just I was very glad that you know like after you know Olympics everything was done like I was able to kind of like recenter and just find myself again and um, start the new year in a in a good page. How, how was it for you to to win the Champions League? Because and how would you compare that to the Olympic bronze medal? Well, considering that I did not play in the Olympics, <laughs> I played a you know, what? No, okay, I played like seven minutes. I didn't, but I didn't really play. So that's why I'm like, 
Oh, oh, like, uh, oh. You know, so that's that's what I mean. Like, uh, like obviously, uh, yeah. were awesome. <laughs> However, I had a very minimal role in that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in comparison to the Champions League, I'd say it was definitely my. Um, yeah, it's my, it's my pride and joy because, you know, like I said, um, you know, coming from the first six months to being pretty tough and kind of being able to turn that around and, you know, play a more influential role in the team and, you know, adapt to a new position. Um, and yeah, no, it was cool just to go like, kind of like full circle and, you know, be able to, to help my team, um, re achieve our our title and i'm and i must ask and because we did pitch on this just a little bit before we started recording which was the fact that the majority of the u.s most national team players they play in the nwsl how come you wanted to go abroad you did mention it was the world's best team came knocking on your door but was the nwsl ever an option i mean i would like to pick where i play and so for if I do not have that type of agency, then I feel like that makes things really hard. Um, and, you know, yeah. So, I, I mean, really, for me, it was not an option <laughs> because I, um, yeah, no, I just, um, I feel like that's very important, you know, like you want to be happy as a person as well above everything. And so I... Yeah, I, I wanted to challenge myself in Europe. And, you know, yeah, like I said, the best team in the world came knocking. So it became an easy decision at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just wanted to develop different aspects of my game. So yeah, like I said, where, where else better to do that than in Lyon and with the best team in the world? Yeah. Uh, I have two more questions. The, my number one is, um, when do you think we'll see you back on the playing field on the pitch playing back? Ooh, that is a lovely question. Um, uh, honestly, like <laughs> the thing with the thing with recovery is that like with rehabilitation and things like that is that you can't really put a, you can't really put a timestamp, you know, like you kind of want like, I hope to be back by this time or this time, but really kind of, you kind of just have to take it week by week. You know, sometimes you have good weeks, sometimes you have bad weeks. And, you know, I, I feel like it kind of just depends, like, how obviously, like, on your rehab environment, things like that. But then obviously, it also, it takes a mental toll for sure. And it's like, you have to be, you have to be confident, you know, when you come back. And, you know, just like when you're doing things on the pitch, like, you don't want to like, you don't want to feel rushed. And I feel like for me, that's, that's one of the most important things that like, that's why I'm like, that's a good question because it's like, I'm not, obviously there's a world cup coming up and there are important games coming up and, you know, like, and even my teammates can attest to this, that I've had like many ups and downs and me being like, dang, I wish, I wish I could play this game. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm like, going too slow per se, you know, or things like that. Cause you, you see other people and they're coming back and you want to be able to do that as well. But everyone has their own path, you know, and, you know, I think everyone heals in a different way. And so there's never really like, you can't really put a timestamp to when, when it's like, when are you going to come back? It's really just when you feel good, when you feel confident, you know, um, to come back and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, 
We'll see. We'll see. But I'm um, definitely hoping, you know, April, May, you know, before before the World Cup, obviously hoping to be there. Um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm being patient with myself and just, like I said, just taking it week by week and just seeing how I feel and yeah, just leaving the rest up to God. How, how has this period of time been for you, you know, being, having a long time injury? No, honestly, like, I mean, it's definitely been challenging. Like I said, it definitely, it definitely takes a mental toll in some ways. Like I said, like it just, there are some periods when, you know, you have bad times, you have good times, you know, and um, yeah, you kind of just have to, I don't know, kind of just like be patient, not freak out that, you know, obviously it's gonna, it's a, it's a long recovery. So you know, like what's a week in what is like nine months or things like that, you know? So you kind of just have to make sure that you just keep putting your foot in front of the other. And, you know, eventually like something will, something will click and you get better. And then like whatever you were struggling with the week before, like you, you will, you'll be better at it eventually. Um, But now it's been like, honestly, it's been a, it's been a great period to reflect, you know, on, who I want to be like, honestly, is a person above everything else. Um, just because obviously it's not like I can go and, you know, do a lot of things with the ball or, th- or things like that per se, when you're just like, when that, that, for example, if that, that objective, the next objective that you have is like, dang, I kind of just want to be able to run, you know, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I feel like it's kind of just something that you just, have to kind of remind yourself that's like, ah, it's all right. Like I'm more than just a a football player. You know, I can, I can in a way kind of like take my foot off the gas for a little bit and just kind of like relax for, for a little bit, you know, and just kind of give me, give myself some time to just be a person and to, you know, like read some books, go travel, like catch up with friends, things like that. So yeah, it's been, it's been cool. Definitely requires a lot of patience, but yeah, now I'm just hoping to be back on the pitch soon and, you know, kind of hoping to take the things that I learned during this period into the, into the next journey of my life. How has it been to focus on Kat, the person and not Kat, the football player? Oh, it's been lovely. It's been absolutely lovely. Yeah. I honestly, it was much needed. It was much needed. Obviously was not expecting saying obviously a lot, but it is true. It's obviously was not expecting it to be in this way, in this manner. Um, this injury that would force me to do that, but, um, no, it's been great. Honestly, like we, um, as footballers, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of time to kind of just, like I said, take our foot off the gas per, per se. Um, you know, we're always preparing for something coming up. But um, yeah, it was cool to just think of like, ah, what do I like to do? You know, like, uh, you know, play some more video games if I wanted to. Or like, you know, go home, see my family in Brazil. Um, you know, catch up with friends, read books, like I said. And just, yeah, kind of just treat myself, my soul, my heart first above everything. And then, you know, the rest, the rest would follow. Last question for me, then we've seen quite a few rumors, this transfer window regarding yourself. 
Um, and I do must, and I, and I must ask, you're obviously, um, you're, you're sitting on an outgoing contract. Have you thought anything about the future at all or what's to come? Or, and are you aware of every, like, what clubs that are being reported about? Well, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, obviously I think about the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, I'm just <laughs> trying to honestly just trying to focus on my on my injury and things like that. And obviously, I'm I again caught saying obviously too many times, but whatever. Um, yeah, I know it's it's just something that I feel very grateful, you know, to have, you know, clubs, different clubs interested in me and things like that. And at the end of the day, I have to see, you know, like the the team and the club that kind of provides the best support in a way for me, um, and where I think that I'll I'll have the best fit, um, and you know, kind of keep always going to the next level, um, and you know, have to you know talk with my family again, like my support system and things like that to see where they think that as well so yeah we'll see i'm also i'm also curious what the future has in store all right with that being said we're gonna move on to the tactical analysis now let mia take over no let's move on to to the most interesting uh, things about this podcast i think um i'm i'm actually when i heard you speak about growing up in brazil i would like to know when people watch you play football today, uh, both in within the U.S. women's national team and with Lyon, can they see something from that little girl growing up in Brazil on the pitch? And what is that? If so, I think so. I I mean, I I to be fair, I this was something that I was also able to reflect on during my my time being injured. That's like. I think it's something like I need to bring her out more if that makes sense. Um, just because I've been, I've been trying so much to kind of like mold into the fit, you know, of the specific team when I, you know, kind of just miss playing barefooted, you know, I miss going for dribbles and things like that and just kind of letting myself loose. Um, and yeah, it's something that I miss. I definitely think that. I you can see that still um in my game. Um really I think like a lot of people say a lot of times when I'm dribbling that you kinda like I, I mean I don't know. This is what people say that like, you know, it's like kinda like have like a little bit of jinga and things like that. But I I mean I do I do miss it a lot, you know, just being able to like be more more free, more like the the little girl that I was when I was when I was playing young um in brazil and you know just having fun um and yeah unfortunately sometimes it happens that you you kind of just have to put that aside if that makes sense and you're kind of just focused on you know like what's here and not what's hidden here and now um but yeah this is definitely one of the goals that i have um that i hope to you know kind of put in place more that it's just like like, you know, like really showcasing my love and passion for the game and, you know, like how it started 
um, back in the day by, by how I play. What uh, characterizes you as a player and what separates you from others? I like to say that I have a good shot, that I'm able to, you know, score some goals. Um, yeah, I'd say like, I, I, I think of myself as strong and powerful. Um, and yeah, I mean, what separates myself from other players? <laughs> You're too I feel like you have now. to ask someone now. else. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to answer that. But um, I definitely try to definitely try to work hard a lot, like after sessions and things like that. I definitely try to, you know, whether it's like extra time in the gym or just, you know, like focus more on my recovery or things like that, whatever I can do to kind of get the extra edge I always try and do it um but yeah but I don't know maybe that se- maybe that helps in separating myself from other players but when it comes to you know having to characterize myself I'm not so sure you know so you have to you have to ask other people we'll we'll, we'll do that uh, another time <laughs> but um looking at the position you play and the role you you have on the pitch. Do you prefer leading the line and having someone play off you, or would you rather be the one playing off a center forward? What what I mean is, where do you see yourself playing long term, number ten or striker? <laughs> That's a good question. Honestly, one that I'm trying to figure out myself. Um. Just because, you know, obviously, in a way, I play different roles with the national team and at Lyon. Um, but, I mean, there are different ways of being the striker, I guess. You know, like, for example, you know, like, I'm not I'm not a striker to just be necessarily, like, waiting for the ball, if that makes sense. Like, kind of, like, in the box type of, type of thing. Specifically because I'm... I am not that tall, so I need to, you know, move around in order to to get the ball. And that's just something that I like to do. I kind of just like to go everywhere and, you know, touch the ball a lot um, and kind of, you know, dictate the, like, the tempo in the way that, you know, I like to be able to show up for my teammates' help, you know, like in playmaking as well. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it's kind of... I would like to describe myself as a hybrid between a nine and a 10. Um, just because I don't like, I don't like to only stick to one thing per se, you know, I like to be able to, you know, like play off of my teammates, like see what, see what the game is giving, you know, there, I don't like necessarily having a fixed role if that makes sense. So I kind of like to just be someone that's kind of like floating within the attacking space and, you know, just creating opportunities for the team to score. And maybe you just answered my last question. What separates you from different play from other players there? Just, oh, I'm just saying. Well, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good yeah, one. That's a good I one. So I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> usually our listeners are very interested in knowing the differences between leagues and Europe and in this in this um, matter of fact the US we will have to say so I'm gonna put this question into two um, because 
you play in the French league, but you play in a team that also plays in the Champions League, which where you play a, a lot of other different uh, European clubs. So what do you need to be good at as a player going up against opponent in the French top flight, but also in the Champions League? I'd say, you know, in the French League, more teams, you know, like to sit back against us. Um, so because they know that they won't have that many opportunities, you know, in order to score. And, you know, considering that we have so many scoring threats, um, a lot of their game plans usually involve in just kind of, you know, sometimes having five in the back, four in the back, you know, kind of like, um, you know, just making it as hard as possible to uh, give us space um, up front. So I'd say you definitely have to be back, definitely have to be, you know, focus on, you know, just, you know, like one, two touches, knowing where your teammates will be and kind of knowing how to break down the tiny space that you have. Um, so that's something that, you know, obviously we train a lot um, at Lyon and that we're exposed to um, seeing, you know, playing against uh, low block teams. Um Obviously, when it comes to the Champions League, it's a completely different story um, because, you know, everyone's kind of pretty, there's an equal, more equal level, if that makes sense. Um, more threats from both sides. So it's definitely, I'd say, I mean, you have to be physical, that's for sure. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to put to know how to put away your chances, you know, because you know at the top of the game, like you won't have that many, you won't have that many chances, and um, this is something that you know, this is what makes Ada Hegelberg a monster because literally, like, she like in one second, boom, goal, like she may, you know, may have not. Like, well, she's very involved in the build of a play regardless, but, you know, the type of player that she is, she knows that she won't have a lot of, she knows that she won't have a lot of chances. People know her. Usually she's double team, triple team, whatever it may be, but she knows, you know, exactly how to place herself. She knows that she won't get a lot of chances. So she's so good at, you know, kind of just stepping up in that those big games and like putting away her chances. Um, and yeah, I definitely think that, um, that gives us the edge a lot. Um, you know, just having someone that knows how to capitalize on that and also having that experience, you know, of like so many great players that have already had that, you know, that big, big moment, you know, that those big games, um, you know, Wendy, you know, has been there for however, however long, literally like so many players that you, you know, that you can count on that's like, they, I, I know that this person, they like, they know what they're doing. So they will, they'll help me out. And, um, that was actually like exactly how I felt, you know, obviously Champions League final was my first, my first final, my first big final. And, you know, like you have a, a lot of, you know, the, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk on the media about Barcelona, this Barcelona and that. And, we're, you know, it was just, it was, it was pretty interesting because we're like, all right. So I guess, you know, Leon has been here for nothing, <laughs> you know, like, it's not like we, we, we have won, you know, like so many other championships for like, you know, um, anyways, but 
yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, it was very cool to just know that the teammates that I, I, you know, like had with me, um, had experienced that before and, you know, they're, they're not shaken by anything and they know they have that experience to, that it takes in order to win. And, you know, me being a rookie myself, they were able to, you know, pass on their advice to me and kind of help me with, with knowing that, you know, everything's going to be all right. And, yeah, it was a it was a good win uh, at the end of the day, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we were there to watch it uh, in real life, actually, uh, in Italy. It was a great game, but I'm also kind of curious because the fact is that w- when you watch styles of play, you you compare leagues and you can say that okay, this is uh, how they play in Germany, and this is the Lyon way of Lyon's way of playing football and all. But I do actually, I'm quite curious about how do you feel as a player to adapt to different styles of play? Because Lyon, actually, you changed much tactically in the semifinal against PSG last season, going from, uh, I mean, in the first leg playing quite possession-based football, and then in the second leg it was more counter-attacking and just finishes finish the chances you got, which you did, obviously, because then you played the final. And then you had to adapt again to, to a team like Barcelona. How is it c- coming from the US as a player having to adapt to that type of tactical plans and game plans? And, you know, it's much information to take in, I presume. <laughs> No, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's too much just because that's that's just part of the game. You know, that's just like the things that you have to do. Um, each game, each team requires a new thing. You know, obviously, we always trying to just own our our own playing style, the way that we want to play, the way that we want to dictate the game rather than the opponent per se. But obviously, we have to know the opponent's strengths, their weaknesses. And so we have to be able to adapt you know, regarding, um, that, that aspect of the game. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, each, each game, you know, requires a new thing. And I mean, I feel like that's what makes it fun, you know, or else it would be so boring to always just do the same thing. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, we know that we, if we do, you know, our preparation, if we do our, our analysis, you know, if we know what we're heading into, then we know that's like, okay, we, we know what we need to do. We know we each know our roles and, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of just becomes a football match, you know, like what, what we've always done. And we, like I said, we kind of always just try to implement the, the game that we know how to play. Last question for me you now. Apart from winning a game, what makes you satisfied with your own performance when going off the pitch after the final whistle? I'm definitely, you can definitely, like, I can definitely tell you that I will be disappointed, that I am disappointed with myself if I am not able to have the type of impact um, that I hope to have, um, whether it's by scoring a goal, giving an assist. Um, but it also goes beyond just, you know, having statistics, you know, it's, it goes like, you know, being able to truly, you know, help like give, give my teammates everything that I can that day. 
um, and be able to have that impact, um, you know, like kind of just like leaving everything on the field and, you know, like not going home and be being like, dang, I wish I, I had done this thing differently or something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, I kind of just, what makes me happy and proud is like when I'm like, okay, I emptied the tank today, you know, like I know that I, I gave everything that I had and, you know, even sometimes that won't be necessarily enough to win a game and that's okay. You know, like some, some days it will be our days, some days it won't, but you know, just knowing that I gave everything out on the pitch, um, that I held myself in a good manner, you know, um, to support my teammates and things like that. That's, that's one of the most important things for sure. Great. We'll let Amanda in now for the listeners' questions. Super Macario World wants to know, what has been the most fulfilling part of your footballing journey thus far? I think, honestly, it has been the fact that I have been able to kind of just go, you know, from one place to the other, you know, whether it's like Brazil to the U.S., U.S. to France, and even within, you know, those sectors, different parts of my life, I also had to kind of like, I also had different obstacles that came, um, you know, that were definitely very challenging and that, that, that point in my life, I thought that, you know, me being young, thought it was the end of the world. <laughs> so, you know, I think the fact that I've been able to every time kind of like overcome that and, you know, just um, always just being able to just kind of like take a deep breath. And even now, like with the injury and everything, it's definitely, you know, there are definitely times when I'm like, Oh my God, like the world cup is so soon. Like what, like, when am I going to be back as well? You know, like and things like that. But, you know, I think the most fulfilling things definitely like being able to look back and at these certain things um and you know being able to know that's like i've been able to give everything that i had and you know like thankfully like all glory to god i've been able to kind of overcome that and you know kind of being able to step up to a new challenge um every time and you know coming out a winner Technically, at the end of the day, I think that has been uh, the coolest thing and one of the things that I feel very blessed for. Um, so, yeah. Didi wants to know this. Uh, what is your favorite place in Lyon? Ooh, my favorite place in Lyon. Um, Jardin des Curiosités, which is uh, close, close to my house. Um, I kind of go there sometimes to, you know, if I, if I want to get in like, you know, walk or go on a little bit of an extra run, I go there and kind of just sit there and I look at the view, which is absolutely beautiful, which is very peaceful. Um, you know, it just allows me to kind of just take a second, be in, in the moment and just, uh, yeah, kind of just like reset and yeah, just just think of how how blessed I am really to to be able to live in such a beautiful city. Macaroon FC wants to know what's your favorite goal you've ever scored? 
Oh, that's too hard. That's, oh, geez. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll say a couple, if that's okay. Uh, let's say my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite ones was, since the She Believes just happened, I'm going to say the last She Believes when I scored against Iceland. Um, those two goals actually were pretty sweet, I think, um, just because the first one kind of like came in curler to the far post. Um, that one was pretty special just because I, I've been practicing that forever. Literally every time, like you always see me in training, practicing that type of shot specifically. Um, and so the fact that it was, uh, I was able to pull that off and like, final and like such a big moment too for the u.s um um was pretty pretty surreal and also the second one um in which i was able to chip the goalie was pretty nice too uh this is something that i i've been uh practicing as well a lot with leon and i it was funny because the first person that i saw doing that was Camille abli and we were in training you know uh, she's our assistant coach and, you know, like practicing some finishing. And one time the ball kind of just came up to her and I was like, oh, like, no way. She doesn't have the angle. What is she going to do? And then she kind of just chipped the keeper far post. So I was like, ooh, great idea. So now, um, and obviously, you know, very creative players like Amel, Marazan have also done that. So it's still like little things that like that, that, you know, the fact that I'm able to learn from these people in Lyon and I was able to, you know, kind of apply that with the national team was pretty sweet as well. And then another one that I also really liked was Promises is the last one. Um, actually, two, two more. I, okay, so the other one that I also really liked was the one that I scored against Juventus, uh, second leg um, in the quarterfinals. Because... Yeah, I mean, this is also something that um, I kind of just had to use my instincts in a way, my strength, um, which was like Delphine playing me a ball kind of came, you know, at speed and I had to turn um, uh, defender Saragama. Um, and yeah, it was one that we also kind of needed it um, to to win that game. So that was sweet. Um and then another one was in college against Washington State when I I kind of did a little bit of juggling and then I put the ball in the far post as well. Yeah. All right. So we're, we've come to uh, um, we've come to the end section, which is the the this or that five questions rapid fire, and yeah, you get to choose one. No thinking and no um, no explanation. Assisting or scoring? Scoring. European football or American soccer? European football. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack? No, I'll take... Okay, I'll take one for myself. Yeah, uh, I'll take it for the team. There you go. Uh, coming on from the bench and making a true impact that leads to the win... Or starting in a mediocre game where you either lose or draw. Oh, definitely coming off the bench for a win. Slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. Slide tackle. No, sorry. 
I can't, I can't, I can't tackle. So yourself to the past. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, do I slide tackle to intercept the pass or do I, am I just standing there? So I was like, well, I can't tackle. So that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. Uh, Kat, thank you so much for being part of this quite hectic podcast. It was a lot of laughter, a lot of fun and nosebleeds and a lot of information. We really enjoyed it. We hope you did too. I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much, guys. This is, this is very fun. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.